0: Long, way outside for the three. It's good. He got it. It's good. for it. so them by like two-handed flush from Ricky Griner. Swing it up. The They've got to put him up. They don't use it. And yes, the Loper Jacks have done it. Spins. Season for Texas—they
1: finished 34 and 0, the number one ranked team from beginning to end, winning their
0: first NCAA
1: championship. And the first NCAA... Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Texas 24 podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me is the well-traveled
0: Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I am running on about six hours of sleep total because I had to get back in the office got back in to my apartment about 2 a.m. last night. Uh, got to after I was at the AM SFA game for uh, those that weren't following me on Twitter. Uh, yeah, but it was worth it. It really was a fun game. Uh, Gary Blair is always a pleasure. And yeah, I will be heading to bed as soon as we're as soon as I head back to the office because I got to go to a game tonight. So.
1: Ooh. Yeah. That's, that's the, that's a tough slate. Um, yeah, we got, for the most part, we're going to be focusing on three games today, Houston at UTA women's, uh, UTA and North Texas men's and SFA and, uh, Texas A&M women's, which, uh, ish was at. uh, let's, let's start with that SFA and A&M game actually, because mm-hmm. might as well it's still fresh on your mind. Um, fresh on my mind. I watched it this morning. Um, I watched the first half and then some of the second half, um, uh, so what were your overall takeaways from the game and just, uh, what did, what did you, what stood out to you?
0: Yeah. So I, I kind of come away impressed with both. Um, mainly because in the first half, even though in the first period, I should say, even though SFA shot, like, it was a very uncharacteristic period for them because they shot like 28%. And it, but it was like, it wasn't a lot of great defense for man. It was honestly a lot of missed open looks like, bunny layups uh wide open threes and this is a team that hits at a really good rate is one of the most efficient offenses in the country and they were just missing so many shots but what i was impressed with was how their offense was working against this AM defense their their motion was creating the good looks they were driving and kicking and they were able to generate some decent looks that I, I wish I could. I wish I got a chance to talk to Mark Kellogg because it'll just look like one of those games where you're just off. Right. And especially in that first period, that's kind of what it was for AM. Um, Offensively, they looked pretty good. If they were able to break the press, which SFA pretty much instituted from the jump, that gave them some trouble in the beginning. When the, when they were able to get in the half court, they were able to do decently, although it took a lot of time in the shot clock to kind of finally get to those open players. Um and then it, I will say it helped that Avery Bruningham and Ayanna Johnson get on early foul trouble. Bo pick, picked up tooth fouls in like the first six, five, six minutes-ish yeah. of the first half, uh, first period. And so that created some uh, uh, opportunity for AM kind of on the inside. So um, after the game, you, you would have thought that Gary Blair had lost the game just based off his tone because he talked about, the turnovers he was complimentary of sfa's motion offense and how they just kept generating looks and he was complimentary of the press he basically said afterward he's like nobody's going to press us better than that all year probably and that's saying a lot playing in the sec
1: yeah so in the first quarter like you said it was like sfa couldn't make anything and then texas a and was just this consistent force and i tweeted out that that one clip of this the, the kind of ball movement but it's just Kayla Wells, Jordan Nixon, and then it was weird because A started Mackenzie Green and mm-hmm. Sydney Roby, and neither one played. I mean, Green played 11 minutes, Roby played 17 minutes, uh, and then quickly Kadasha Hoppy and Destiny Pitts came in for both of them, and those were obviously the the those were the players who came in and uh, did a majority of the work, playing 29 and 31 minutes. And I mean, when you look at those five in a rotation, Wells, mm-hmm. Nixon, Patty. Um, hoppy and Pitts like that's just that's tough and they just kept coming at SFA in multitude of ways and SFA continued to pressure the ball but AM was so composed that they were able to break it consistently enough they did end up with 24 turnovers so SFA obviously did their job but still once they got a step it felt like it was over it felt like they were too talented to like stop at that point like once they got by the initial defender it was like okay Kayla Wells is at the rim. She's getting fouled or Jordan Nixon is finishing or she's pulling up for three uh, hobbies, hobbies open in the corner. She went four, six, from three as the team. AM went eight of 15 from three, uh, 24, 51 from the field, 26 of 30 from the free throw line. They just, they just shot the ball better. And yep. um, I trust, I liked the looks they were able to get once they broke that press and once they didn't turn it over, like you said.
0: Yeah. Kadasha hoppy has been a revelation for them. Um, I asked Gary Blair about kind of how she's been, uh so far this season just what she's provided and she he mentioned just like instant energy because this is a player who at last year at St. John's played a games missed the rest due to injury and so you were kind of wondering okay well where where is she and for this team to go from and I wrote this is kind of what was the crux of my piece I put up on texasbasketball.com a goes from a post-oriented team last year to now having four guards in the rotation, right? Like genuinely, like this is a guard heavy team. And you mentioned Patty and Roby and like, sure, those are players that'll be there, but like, you know, there's not that much experience here right now. And so this is a team that's going to rely on Nixon, Wells, Pitts, Hoppe to, to, to shoulder the load. Um, even Sahara, Sahara, Jones got in the game yesterday. And that's somebody who probably will be, you know, kind of uh, acclimated as, as the season goes along, um, this is a team that made only had three games with eight or eight or more threes made last year. And they've are, they're already at four this year. So they're already shooting the ball a lot better. Part of that is Kadasha Hoppy, who uh, I believe went four of six yesterday, last night against SFA. Yeah. And, yeah, the, the fact that they're able to reinvent themselves and that's part of Gary Blair's, you know, uh uh savvy as a coach is just he can he can go from a team that is centered around Kennedy Carter one year to a team that's centered around these post players and now just a team that's centered around just like uh, uh uh guard play and kind of a production by committee kind of thing. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. I come I like I said I came away really impressed with both because if that first period just goes a little bit better for L, uh, SFA in terms of just their shooting not even their shot selection shot selection was on point. Um if that goes better we might be looking at a different game because it's that first quarter and that third quarter, which is where AM won the game. That's where AM uh kind of won the game at the free throw line, especially in the third quarter. But that fourth quarter SFA put on a huge run. They put uh Angel Scott and Tisharian Robinson in the in as the uh, as their guards with Stephanie Visher and they basically let Visher run point and they let uh Robinson and Scott just initiate the press on defense, and that caused AM so much trouble to where they outscored them. SFA outscored them 26 to 15 and uh got the it, it was a 20-point lead for AM at one point heading into the fourth quarter, and it got to the final, you know, the final margin, which was 8275. Yeah. Uh one thing
1: SFA in that press, they were able to force turnovers, but they also fouled a lot. Yeah, like yep. 20, yep. 29 fouls, and it started early too. They were just kind of they called a lot of the hand check stuff mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the small tiggy tech things avery Birmingham ends up fouling out and then five players end up with four fouls yeah or steven f austin just an
0: incredible- and again like so there were some you know like some of those were i think some of those fouls are kind of give or take but again you're playing in reed arena right you, you should yeah. kind of expect that kind of that kind of whistle on the road um, i'm trying to think of uh I think that that's what to Sharon Robinson and Angel Scott, both up with four fouls. I think they were, especially Angel Scott, who didn't shoot the ball well, but she was very much part of that, that, uh, that press, um, yeah. as you, if you watched, towards, especially towards the end of the game in the beginning, it was more Brianna Mitchell, but towards mm-hmm. the end, it was, she was the person like literally on the baseline, like guarding whoever was going to get the ball. So,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. The and Robinson, um, I don't know which which how much was the first half, in the, it felt like all of her threes were in the first half. She lit it mm-hmm. up in the first half from what I saw. Zionujan ends up going two of three from three as well. Um, outside of that, you know, Stephanie Visher goes 0 of three. I felt like she got good looks from the field. I mean, she ends up eight yeah, of 14, good looks eight of fourteen from the field. So that's eight of eleven from inside the arcs, ends up eighteen points. Um, overall, a solid game from her, four steals. She wasn't, I mean. Going into this game, what had to go right for SFA to win against a Did it just have to be shot making? Did it have to be AM? because they a turned the ball over enough? Like
0: did, yeah. did Stephanie Visher have to do more? Like what? Do you no, do you I him? I just think honestly this is why I wished I would have I would have the chance to talk to Kellogg. I think it was just one of those off nights because when Avery Brittingham and Ayanna Johnson had to go out early in the first quarter, that messed up a lot of their their rhythm on offense. Ayanna Johnson is somebody who they can rely on in the post for scoring obviously brittingham is too. brittingham finished with 17 but she only played 23 minutes and so like a lot of her shot selection early wasn't that great because she i think she knew that she had fouled fouled early and needed to kind of make up for that and so later on she finishes you know six of nine from the floor 17 points but early on she needed it felt like she kind of needed to you know kind of force her way uh Vischer, She kind of worked within the offense initially Uh, toward the end. She started to initiate more, but she kind of worked within the flow. And that was kind of working uh, for the most part. But um, and I should say, Gary Blair was Vischer was somebody he pointed out individually was just like, you know, she finished with also four steals. And she was he was saying, like, that's somebody who you just can't rattle. And like, she's going to work within the flow. She's going to kind of get her game going. She's not somebody that you can knock off her game. And again, we're talking about how like off of a game she had, she finished with 18 points, eight of 14, right? But yeah. it's but still, you mentioned 0 uh, of 3, o of 3 from three point, which is something that she's reliable with. Um, two turnovers to two assists, right? It wasn't, you know, the, it wasn't the best playmaking game from her. And so the fact that she still had that efficient game shows that, and then Gary Blair was complimentary of her, shows that kind of where her standard is for this team.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't have too much else. I, I leave this game looking at A&M, and I know they were, what, 24th ranked in the country coming into
0: this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they can move up real quickly. I, th- I, I really think so, too. Like I said, Gary Blair was very critical of his team, but, like, they come away, I think it was roughly 27 points off turnovers, something from SFA, and and, like, they still won. Like, the fact that they can rely on, like, that they can kind of make up for that, that's kind of insane to me.
1: Yeah. Uh, SFA has 27 points off turnovers, 28 points in the paint. Um, the difference was those fast break points. a and ends up with 10-2. to two. Um, And this is a team I just trust our guards a lot more this year. And I've said it before. I mean, I think post play is probably most important. So I'm not going to say that, you know, I look at them. Like if I compare them to Baylor, I don't think I have them above Baylor. Right. But I think could see this team and they're in different conferences, so whatever, but still I could see this team getting right up into that top 15 in the near future. I don't know that I don't have their schedule in front of me, but it'll be interesting to see if they can climb in this non-conference season before uh sec play starts.
0: Yeah. I don't think this is a team that'll win the sec like last year, but I think uh, this is a team that should be, you know, definitely one of the, one of the contenders at the top. I'm trying to think. Uh, I was gonna say I don't even. I have. not even done my research on the SEC women's side.
1: I mean, besides LSU, obviously, and LSU looks good, right. but that's. I don't think they're obviously not at that st- standard of a and M. Um, who's another team in the SEC? South Carolina, going... of course. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, they're not gonna win Sorry. the SEC. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna win the SEC, but uh, yeah. South Other Carolina,
0: than... Kentucky. You know, they'll be. Yeah. They'll be. Kentucky. I think probably just on the outside of that bunch. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So it'll be interesting i don't you have anything else on this game nope uh they got i'm trying to look at their schedule they have the paradise jam which uh they got Pitts out to go to northwestern little rock and they got texas december 5th so that's going to be a fun one and then tcu december 12th so i'm kind of interested in those two games and then you'll be seeing them against uh, lsu uh on january 2nd to almost their their second sec game so can't wait can't wait all
1: right um Next up, let's go to Houston and UTA women's here. I watched this game back, it was on Wednesday mm-hmm. and I watched it on was it Wednesday night or Thursday morning? I don't remember. But basically, uh it was that night, it was Wednesday night because it was a close game and, and Justin was tweeting about it. And I was like, all right, I gotta watch this. UTA Houston. I knew it was gonna be like an interesting game going in because it's like on paper they look even, mm-hmm. but actually watching it they're like actually even like it was it was an amazing it was a fascinating game for me like uh ut ends up winning 69 to 66 in overtime and these two teams while different very different are very comparable in terms of talent level in terms of like just their efficiency and so i have i have a few notes here uh, Houston was more of like a fast-paced team. UTA slowed it down. Katie Farrell, uh, Taryn Milton was the best player on the court, really. Uh, she ends the game with da, 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 I have it for me twenty-six points, ten to twelve from the free throw line. She kept uh, making big baskets uh, as the game wore on. I really like the the core UTA has of Milton, Star Jacobs, Claire Chase, um, Katie Farrell, like it's a really solid core. They have there. Uh, Houston. Same thing. I like their core a lot as well. I, I think they're even deeper uh, than UTA. I mean, Tatiana mm-hmm. Hill, Bria Patterson, Diamond Gladney, Brittany Oniege, uh, Julia Blackshell Farrell, um, Tiara Young had a good game. Layla Blair. I didn't even mention. I mean, that's a player who I thought was going to be my, the best player on the team. Mm-hmm. A lot of depth from Houston. They kept running. Um, they kept beating UTA's zone. And then Houston kept pressing uh, Katie Farrell was just always under control for UTA. It was an incredible back and forth game. Uh, Houston ends up going, Houston goes on a, outscores UTA 30 to eight in the second quarter. Uh, then UTA outscores Houston 24 to nine in the third quarter. Then it's 14 14 in the fourth quarter. And then they go to overtime and um, Houston had plenty of shots to tie it, to win it. But UTA just made, made plays when it mattered. And I mean, behind Taryn Milton, just uh, an awesome, awesome game that um, between two teams that I actually have, I, I couldn't, if they played that again, I don't know who, who I'd pick to win. Like that was just a really interesting contrast of styles and um, I mean, some, some really solid talent out there as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was looking at uh, Katie Farrell's stat line. It's the most Draymond Green stat line. with 7 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 points. Like it's yeah. like that that's exactly what I expect and I expect, you know, two steals as well. Like she has a block in there, probably great defense played all game. Like yeah. it's just one of those, I don't know, I need to I need to see more of uh, UTA cuz I, I every time I look at her stat line, I'm like that's insane how much she con- she contributes to that team. Um but yeah, I I think Houston I'm wondering how much Houston's disappointed by this start. Right. Because one and two, again, it's early in the season, but like they beat SFA last year. We think obviously SFA is really good. UTA, they let this one get away. Yeah. I, I hope they're not too disappointed from this, just because, again, that's one of that's probably the best mid-major in the country. And then the team you're very comparable with, which is a UTA team that probably is going to compete for the Sun Belt title. Um, so I-, I hope that this early start against pretty good competition hasn't been too. You know, isn't something that they look back on and being like, man, well, you know, it, or has people thinking they're not as good because last year, obviously the margins yeah. were so thin of how they got left out of the tournament. I hope that this doesn't come back to bite them because you do eventually need to kind of get one of these games under your belt um, when you're trying to pad out the resume. I wonder if te- the teams got a little tired in overtime because I noticed they didn't shoot very well. Uh, both teams didn't shoot very well. They, and they both hit, I think
1: if I remember correctly, I think they both hit a three to start or something like that. And then they just Nobody scored for a while. Um, So
0: I'm wondering if it was just like, you know, just a heavily contested game, kind of one of those back and forths. And then in overtime, you're just kind of like running on fumes at that point.
1: Um, Houston did a lot of, a lot off the dribble. Um, Mm -hmm. UTA is more of a passing team system team trying to get in their offense. Houston did a lot off the dribble and was really effective in that aspect uh, with Onyege and and, uh, Gladney and Young and Blair. I, I love the depth, the backcourt depth that this team has. Bria Patterson also um, is at, in uh, on the inside is very effective. I, again, I left this team feeling pretty good about both these teams and what they want to do this year. Like you said, Houston had higher expectations coming into the year based just because of what they were last year. So, you know, maybe it's a bigger result for them than I would take it
0: to be just on the surface, but We'll say the NCAA did announce they're expanding the field this year from 64 to 68. So, you know, again, Houston might, if this is last year, you know, Houston's one of those teams that probably gets in uh, based off that. So, like I said, in terms of that, you kind of want to start getting these wins under your belt, even though I don't think they're a bad team at all. Um, You know, they got New Mexico coming up, you know, it doesn't get much easier. They got, God, they got a non-conference game against Baylor. Um, Then they get Alabama. Alabama. And so it doesn't get much easier in terms of non conference, which are the games that you kind of need if you're not going to win the AAC, which yeah. of course they could, you know, they're one of the teams that could win the AAC. So
1: yeah, um, that's really all I had. I'm mean, again, Katie Farrell was like, I just, she's always under control um, yeah. and really good in that aspect. So that was, that was fun to watch. And I enjoyed that game. So shout out to UTA and Houston for putting on a good game over there. 100%. Um, Last game, I think we're going to focus on. Predominantly uh is UT Arlington and North Texas men's. Now, for those who don't know, I used to cover North Texas. Um, I still do, I mean, I guess on the side part-time. And so I watched North Texas play Buffalo early in the week. And Buffalo is uh, a good team, a good program uh on the men's side. And they lost by three. It was a very close game. I tweeted out, I think North Texas had better looks, they generated better shots, they just lost the game. So then North Texas comes out against UTA and uh, just absolutely puts it on them. Oh, just man. absolutely destroys them. Uh, UTA had seven turnovers in the first seven minutes. Uh, UTA entered the game averaging 22 turnovers per game and ends up putting up 21 turnovers in the, in the game. And North it's Texas- So they improved. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definite <laughs> improvement. Uh, North Texas leads 43 to 12 at half. And ends up winning 64 to 36. So, second half was basically a push. Second half didn't matter. I didn't watch the second half. Um, 43 to 12 in the first half. That's really all you need to know. And, they, and North Texas ends up winning 64 to 36, like I said. Um, it's a, a UTA team on paper David Azori, um, uh, Javon Levi, uh, KO, uh, the big guy they, they have. That's what I call him because uh, I cannot pronounce his full name. Um, you know, some other pieces on here, but, uh, nobody on the team scored more than six points ish. Yeah. Had-
0: so, well, I, I should, before you go on, I should, I should, I should give, give everybody a chance to, to hear, I guess we'll play our favorite game. I guess we'll call it a game now. Who's Bruni out on this week is UT is Bruni out on UTA men right now on November 19th. I'm completely out on UTA. UTA,
1: Oh my god, it's done. done. I um, I'm it's done. I can't I can't watch that half of basketball and say that this team has any chance in hell of playing you in the Sun Belt competitively like this. They turn the ball over twenty plus times a game. It didn't even. They forced 11 turnovers. Like, you lose the turnover battle by that much. You shoot one of 10 from three. David Azori goes 0 of 6. Javon Levi goes 0 of 4. Pedro Castro goes one of 7. There was just no fight, no adjustments. They didn't know what they were doing. North Texas is a, is a good team, but...
0: Good lord. I was gonna say, by the way, a reloading team nonetheless. Yeah. Like, this isn't this is this is still a North Texas team that's trying to really figure out who its go-to guys are, who the who's gonna be the guys heading in. Obviously, this we talked about the system being there. Sure, fine, whatever. But like this is still a team that lost a really good senior class and another transfer in Reese. Um yeah, I I yeah, that's it's not uh, good. For for those who didn't know, last week
1: and I don't we didn't have an official segment, I didn't go off from uh, UTSA men's also on this list. Well, uh, yes, after losing A
0: and Commerce, <laughs> <laughs> yes, they were on that list as well. So we got the third addition I, to this list. I think uh, shout out, uh, shout out John Fields, who had to unfortunately sit through all of this game. Um, he, he, I think, I saw the twenty-five to three score, which was like eight minutes left in the first quarter, and I was like. He forgot like a 23, right? 20, 25, 23. Like he forgot that. And then he tweeted again. He's like, no, no, it's still the same score. 25 to three. And then he tweeted the halftime score. And I was like, excuse me, 40, 43, 12.
1: Oh my God. 12. Like Like, if
0: UTA fielded a football team right now, they could probably put up 12 and a half against North Texas. Like I'm, I'm not joking about that. And that probably says something about North Texas football, but you know, but like that also says how bad that first half was. Un, it was unreal. I, I kept waiting. I was like, surely they'll
1: find something like that. They can go to posts or uh, fall screen action, something. And,
0: and, I, and I tweeted about like, I tweeted about this because I think Greg Young was the right hire considering where they, how kind of the topsy turviness of, you know, Ogden leaving and things like that. I think he was the right hire somebody who knows the program. And so Uh, but of course they lost they lost players to transfer um so there's still some stuff that they got to kind of work out and it might be a good long-term hire for them to get somebody that knows the program the problem was scott crosses at troy right and uh, again that administration we've people have harped on how bad that administration handled the scott cross firing he wins he averages 24 wins a year gets fired because you want to be quote unquote the new the next gonzaga you hire Chris Ogden. He does fine. Not great. He leaves for Texas granted. That's his alma mater, but he still leaves you for an assistant pro uh, assistant coaching gig.
1: Yeah.
0: And you have to hire Greg young, who again, I think is a good hire because he was, he was an assistant under Ogden. He was assistant under Scro- uh, Scott cross. So he knows the history of that program, but you're still like, you kind of in this spot because you put yourself there. Yeah. Right. And so we'll see where the season goes from here, but like this isn't on the players either. This is on the this is on the administration of how they handled what should have been one of what was at the time one of the best mid majors in the country. Like UTA was like outside of SFA probably one of the most decorated mid majors in Texas when Scott Cross was there, and now they're scoring twelve points and a half against uh, uh, rebuilding UD, UNT or reloading, I should say, not rebuilding, yeah. but a reloading UNT. Literally. <laughs> I knew it was over when I was watching uh,
1: Jack Hoiberg, you know, get some shots up in the first half and they were like relying on him for offense. This isn't a shot. Jack Hoiberg. He actually had a couple He was two or four from the field for four points, yeah. uh, three turnovers. But when I saw Jack Hoiberg and he wore a mask, like one of those clear masks, like the Rip Hamilton mask, I was just like, they got this dude, Jack Hoiberg out here, hoisting shots from the mid range, like some long twos. And that's another thing. Their shot selection was just, God awful. Just long yeah. twos, quick threes, uh, quick like one on three breaks. They were trying to take him for layups. Like it, there was no sign of life offensively, you, or no sign of knowledge offensively of what they wanted to do or what could work. And again, North Texas, good defense, a really good defense last year. Great. Um, again, rebuilding, they have good defensive pieces. We'll talk about them in a second, but mm-hmm. 12 freaking points, man.
0: They're de- UT Arlington's down to two, 293rd and Kempom bomb right now um and i just want to bring up for reference let me pull over scott crosses last year they were 21 and 13 yeah no it's so
1: disgusting disgusting uh to talk about a, a good team north texas actually impressed me this whole week with the the buffalo win or the buffalo loss and then the uta win um they actually look like they might be. And I've seen a couple of conference, other Conference USA schools not look as good. Western Kentucky's not going to be as good. UABs looked – shit. I thought they should have beat South Carolina. If they – I mean, if they were really that good, I feel like they would have beat South Carolina. So maybe they're just as good as they were last year. Latex, Baneh, they lost to, to Bama by 30, which, oh, again, Bama's good, but whatever. Um, like, Conference USA might not be as good as it was last year. And North Texas, mm-hmm. even if they're not as good as they were last year – I mean, they they've they've impressed me enough to where I'm like, okay, North Texas could actually win Conference USA this year,
0: right? Yeah, so. I, I I think I'm I'm kind of i buying in a little bit more. You know, it's, it's one of those we kind of expected that to be kind of a, a I don't want to say a slow start, but kind of trying to get your bearings kind of year as the year Definitely. goes along, and the fact they were able to put on this kind of dominant performance this early, I'm starting to pay more attention to what's going on. Yep, one name to know, Tyler Perry. Uh, junior college uh, edition
1: kind of playing sixth man for them right now off the bench. And he's like playing like a Lou Williams role where he just comes in
0: and he's lighting it
1: up from three he is shooting. You don't know
0: how, how hard it is for me not to make a Medea joke when every time you mention Tyler Perry, so, just...
1: <laughs> the Tyler Perry, T Y L O R Perry,
0: Tyler Perry,
1: Tyler Perry, uh, yeah, look for him. If he stays off the bench, if they keep bringing him off the bench, sixth man of the year in, com- in the Conference USA, probably uh, at this point. So, yeah, shout out to North Texas for uh, a good result uh, there. And we'll see what else they got. They got Kansas next week. So that'll be fun. That'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Other games you want to touch on? Uh, I know you said Texas State beat UTSA on the women's side. Uh, do you have that box score?
0: I don't have it up I know Danesia hood uh crossed over to the thousand yard thousand points uh uh tacket i know a thousand yards uh thousand uh point tacket for uh, bracket for her for her career so that was a good achievement for her I'm bringing it up really quick they won 7662 um I still again we would UTsa is struggling they're over three i I do think this is a this is a better team than last year. Like just straight up. Like, mm-hmm. so there it was 20. I'm trying to figure it out it was pretty close at the half. Uh I'm trying to do some quick math here. You can do Yeah. It. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna try to actually. Um, but anyway, it was a close game at the half, I'll just say. Um 48, I just 40 46, 46 37. There we go. 4637 37 mm-hmm. uh, at the half. And Every time I see this UTA, UTSA team, I'm just like, this is, a, again, this is a team that was atrocious last year and they're competitive in m- almost every game they're playing. That strategy is working out for, you know, getting, you don't want to bottom out with freshmen and kill their confidence right away. Cause yeah. they like, you know, we talked about what their strategy is bringing in this experienced team for a team for a year. That's probably not going to be a competitive one. You don't want to bring in a bunch of freshmen and just lose by 30 and hopefully, hoping they'll they'll keep their confidence going in as sophomores because that's you know I've seen football teams and and baseball teams you know a bunch of programs try that and yeah. just lose confidence right away with the with a senior, uh, freshman class and they just never win. Um, so I like what Karen Aston is doing. Obviously, uh, Zenera Antoine has Texas State clicking right now, two and one now um, handling handling a UTSA team the way they should be handled. Uh, they shot forty nine percent from the floor. And, yeah, no, I, I think this is another, another solid win on the road. Um, and I'm trying to think. Uh, Kennedy Taylor, at four, 15 points, eight assists again. I mean, that's just going to be somebody who's going to be six diming steals. all year. Yeah, six steals. It's going to be somebody who's going to be diming all year. So, um, yeah, another solid win for Texas State. Um,
1: real quick, I want to touch on TCU and Nickel State because uh, TCU men, uh, this is the men's. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about them a little bit, mm. uh, maybe a little bit more than a little bit. Uh, they were down to nickels at half, thirty to twenty four. End up winning sixty three to fifty. And this isn't to say you can't be down to nickel state at halftime, but uh, sure. actually, no, I'm gonna say you can't be down to nickel state at halftime. Uh, <laughs> if, if you're teaching about that a, one for a second, a team, a team that we are expecting to, we're hoping, mm-hmm. can be competitive in the big, ba- the middle of the Big Twelve area. Um, I haven't seen anything. Whenever I go and check the scores. Mike miles is putting up like 15 a game. Micah Peavy's putting up like 10. I'm like, okay, cool. But everybody else is just kind of there. At least mm-hmm. just from what I'm looking at, every time I look at the box scores, like Emmanuel Miller is there for like eight or nine a game. Um, right. O'Bannon's there for like six Cork, six Coles, eight. I'm like, all right, either Mike Miller, either Mike miles has to step up and be a close to 20 point per game guy Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe Micah Peavy is like a Robin type role or everybody else just has to be a little bit more productive. Because even if you look at the, the assist numbers, Mike Miles, two, um, one, 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 uh, Maxwell Evans with four and 14 minutes. And I don't know when those came, but I'm just like looking at it, just like, all right, TCU, like where's all this production going to come from?
0: You know who I'm wondering where, and I don't know if he's hurt or battling injury or what. Shahada Wells has only put up seven points. This yes,
1: year. yes, I did. And he's that. only
0: playing, he's playing, he played three minutes against the Nichols, 12 against Southern Miss, 13 against Miss McNeese State. And this was UTA's best player last year. And so I'm wondering if there's some injury going on or if he's just not quite fitting just yet, because that's somebody who theoretically should come in and help Mike Miles out scoring the ball a lot. Um, I think Emmanuel Miller will get better as the game as the year goes along. Again, he was AM's best player last year. Um, I really think that was one of the best pickups. Uh, somebody like Eddie Lampkin should probably work his way into the rotation a little bit more. Um, but yeah, Shahada Wells, I'm kind of curious to see what the deal is there because I thought he'd be a pretty big player for them. Yeah, he's at nine minutes per game through three games. Uh,
1: Mike I, Miles is, and they've they haven't played. Uh, great. Comp- they've actually played awful competition at this point. McNeese, Southern Miss and Nichols. Right. So three awful teams. And Mike Miles is at 19 points per game. And then you get Emmanuel Miller, 11 points, Micah PV eight and a half. And then you just go down from there. So
0: they'll be I mean, they'll be tested soon. They got Santa Clara, who's top 100 in Kempom, Utah, um, who's top 80 uh Texas A&M who I mean again as much as we're frustrated with ANM that I still think that'll be a competitive game on both ends I don't know who I'd pick in that one right now <laughs> um and they got Georgetown so I mean they got they got a good they got a pretty tough non-conference slate coming up that will it, it's not the toughest but like if they drop all those games then I'm like okay they're losing some 50-50 games I feel like they should be winning you know they might be next on the sold list if all right, you're, man, you're up here just running stocks, selling
1: everybody. <laughs> we got we'll have a buy segment at some point. We'll have a buy segment, you know, just uh, buy and sells, yeah, Stock segment <laughs> come with a little like graphic cheesy, yeah. graphic, like stocks, the, the little stonks, the little one. stonks
0: guy. <laughs> Put my face, just, on. I was just about to say, I'll photoshop your face on the stonks logo. All uh, right, we're gonna make that uh. happen. Now. That's good. <laughs> All right, good. Um,
1: Texas oh, Men's, man. real quick. Again, just box score surfing. Uh, Texas Men's beats Northern Colorado 62 to 49. Northern Colorado is not a bad team at all uh, in the big sky. Uh, so, you know, respectable ish result there. Trey mm-hmm. Mitchell leads the team in shots with a seven of 11 from the field, 16 points. Timmy Allen, 10 points. You go from there. Uh, Andrew Jones, only one to nine from the field. So, yeah. Not not a ton to talk about there, but just uh, look always keep an eye on Texas. hmm Uh, and that I don't have anything else there. Do you? Alrighty, nope. What's uh? What are some games you'll be watching this weekend? Uh, gosh, where did it go? I just had it up.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, you 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 look say what games you're looking for while I while okay. I Well, the first one's gonna be Baylor and Maryland. Um, That's it. Women. That was there the one. Go. There it is. Was... Okay. That's going to be on, what did I say? Sunday? Yeah, it's Sunday at noon. So that's going to be a nice, nice uh, conflict with a lot of NFL games, but I don't know what slates are going on. I'll probably tune in this one anyway. It's yes. on the Big Ten Network. Jesus. Oh, that sucks. Um, but yeah, number six versus number three. So that's going to be a fun one. Again, we've had questions about this Baylor team um, about their depth and what better way to test your depth than against the number three team in the country. So I am One thousand percent interested in this one so i'll be uh keeping this one probably on my big screen while the nfl is on my ipad or something yeah um i
1: got uh i believe this is on yeah saturday uh texas tennessee women Mm -hmm. uh also on saturday ut arlington and north texas women i think just off what i know of north texas and ut arlington i would expect north texas to win that game uh probably by about eight eight or so but i think it'll be an interesting one nonetheless uh, a couple other games on the weekend, Sunday, I believe, Sunday the 21st. Yeah, Sunday's the yes. 21st. Uh, SMU Missouri men's, and then we got, Dang. you You kind of mentioned it before the pod, AM Corpus Christi and UTSA men's battling
0: on sunday afternoon at three o'clock whoever loses that game i i will join you on that sell i will uh, yes. somebody somebody's got to come out of that somebody's got to come out of that we got issues for sell of the week or at least at least corp, i will say if corpus christi loses at least they're working with a new head coach new system things like that there's some excuse there utsa shouldn't be losing that game i wouldn't be surprised if they did at all uh one more game i will say a uh, monday we'll, we'll probably record on monday but uh we probably won't be able to preview this one um texas state takes on texas tech women i'm fascinated to see that game that's gonna be a fun one uh texas tech looks really looked has looked really fun this year riley mckinney shout out argyle is averaging like 8 17 points a game so far she's really killing it for them without uh Vivian Gray is so far has not played for them, or I think played limited. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I'm interested to see Texas State against a good competition. And if Texas Tech comes out and looks really good, then okay. Like, are, is, are they looking a little bit better than I thought in uh, Krista Gerlich's second year? Uh, speaking of Roddy McKinney, Justin has a great breakdown of her game so far uh, on TexasBasketball.com. She was the latest uh, ISO spotlight kind of showing what she's done well so far and how she's cut how they've kind of incorporated her so early.
1: Yeah. That that game, I didn't even know that game was happening. I didn't have it in yeah, my, I just looked, my I looked at the,
0: I had Texas State the box score still up from the UTSA game and I scroll down and that's that's a good one. Yep,
1: Texas State Tech Tech on Monday. Um yeah, like it said we'll be recording on Monday or Tuesday of next week. Not sure when yet, but plenty of games to talk about uh in that next slate. So that's all we got for y'all today. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, feel free to leave us a like and on, or a rating on Apple, uh, wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, all that good stuff. Uh textbasketball.com for all the latest content podcast uh, over there. Uh, follow us on Twitter at DCT basketball. Follow Ish on Twitter at Ishmael R. Johnson. Follow me on Twitter at Matthew Bruni underscore. And we appreciate y'all for listening to the podcast. So we'll talk to y'all later.